This episode of the Wedding Film School Show is brought to you by Musicbed, the best music licensing platform for wedding filmmakers. Head over to themusicbed.com and enter our code WFS on checkout to get a free month on your annual wedding subscription. Now, on to the show. You know, as somebody who's been in the industry for a long time, for 16 years, 2023 is shaping up to be maybe a down year, but if nothing else, it's a correction from last year. It is a part of the industry. You know, I really try not to get that worked up. Like, in the end, for me, it kind of all works out. The most important reason to have consistent marketing is just so you have consistent data. Like you should do the same thing all the time. So if you just post regularly, then you have another data point. And then you gotta know what you can control and what you can't. You know, video is lower on the totem pole, right? So that plays a role too. 70% I think are still under 1,500. But anyway, on that note, I book weddings starting at 40K. My average wedding sale is 100K, so. Oh, dude, that's so cool. Anyway, uh, I made $10 million last We have a course coming out on how to make $10 million. Join our mastermind. Hey guys, welcome to the Wedding Film School Show. Today I am here with Bobby Burns. How you doing, Bobby? I'm doing well. Good, good, it, good. Uh, it's been a while. Been a while since I've been on the podcast. Yeah, we need to make it happen more. We always say that, and then like, you know, like every time I'm on the podcast, I'm like, man, it's been a while. And then, I, and then we're like, oh yeah, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta make it happen way more often. And then uh, here we are, you know, four or five, six months later. Yeah, but I'm here. So you know, know I always feel like it's because we're on the live stream together so much, and we're doing different wedding film school stuff. Yeah, yeah. like it's like I feel like if we didn't do that, I would notice it faster. But I usually notice. Yeah, we'd be like, oh, you know, Bobby hasn't shown his face on the. We haven't done anything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, so if you don't know, Bobby and I host a weekly live stream um, called the Wedding Film School Live. Sometimes joined by Jared, but typically it's Bobby and I doing yep. film critiques and all that stuff. So if you listen to the podcast, and but you've never interacted with the Wedding Film School YouTube channel, um, check it out. Um, I kind of feel like it's similar to this, except we do typically review films and do a little bit of that. But there's some similar vibes, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, you got the same two hosts for that show as you have right now. Yeah, so. and sometimes we get into uh, deep topics. Yeah, yeah. Deep topics often, I think the difference is instead of us planning like, hey, we want to talk about this today, uh, in that it's, you know, spur of the moment. It's, hey, you know, this is what I saw in this film and it brings me to this, you know, this bigger point and we kind of dive in. Yeah, yeah. A lot of audience interaction. We have people in the comments all the time and, or, and in chat and stuff. So super fun time. Uh, one of the other great offerings that we have here at Wedding Film School. Yeah, ultimately, like, it's all about, like, community and education in today's podcast. I think is related because, you know, it doesn't always go as planned when you're running a wedding filmmaking business, not on the day of the shoot, not in the editing, but I think one (laughs) of the- Not at any point. Not at any point. But I think one of the things that a lot of people can relate with is just like, when do you know, like when you should start panicking about your bookings, your lead generation, kind of maybe, I kind of view them as different, but we'll talk about that today. But just that side of your business, like when you're looking at your schedule and you're like, this is not filling out the way that I thought. And we've talked a lot in the last couple of weeks about recession and 
and different things in season two that I think were very much related to that topic. But one of the things we didn't really talk about, Bobby, is I, th I think from a perspective of like, I wanted to have you on this one, particularly because you run a business, I think, that's much more similar to most of our audience. And so sometimes yeah. when Jared and I talk about this kind of stuff, we're like saying, look, oh, yeah, well, I'm, I didn't get my normal 60 leads a month. And like, I can feel like really like, who are these guys to talk about this kind of stuff? So I wanted to have yeah. you on and talk about this topic a little bit. Definitely. I think it's it's an interesting one. Um, like you said, with some of our you know more recent podcast episodes, like there's a lot revolving around this topic right now. Um, and there's a lot of moving parts to it and a lot of, you know, things to consider, but yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. Like you and Jared obviously run, uh, I mean, multiple brands, but, uh, you know, you guys are shooting a lot more weddings, you have teams and there are definitely people who run their businesses that way or aspire to. And so I think that perspective is super important too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, for those who, who don't know me, I'm shooting, um, you know, probably around 15 weddings a year, 15 to, I think I did a little more than that this past year. And that's kind of where I've found my sweet spot. Obviously it's taken a long time to get there. Uh, I think I just finished my 16th year uh, of weddings. So, um, you know, but yeah, I, I think there are a lot more people who are closer in my, you know, who are doing, let's say 15 to 35 weddings, right? That boutique <laughs> brand and the way you approach these things, the things you look for as warning signs, the way you set yourself up for success in just a general sense, I think is a lot different and the responsibilities too uh, for a company like mine versus a company like yours. Well, I was saying before, like, I think the actual biggest difference between Jared and I and like a company of our size and, you know, and I, I don't want to say success, but like we've yeah. hit a level of success. You can say success. We've hit a level of success in terms of like demand. Like in our mm -hmm. market, we have very, very high demand. We're clearly market leaders. Like yeah. not everyone is in that place, but that's where we find ourselves after 12 years. And I will say it's not as different as you would think because we're just dealing with um, faster feedback cycles than most other people. So like True. we're getting like 50, 60 leads a month. Like that might be, I've talked to some filmmakers who get 60 leads a year. Yeah. Right. Now, I think most are probably around at least 120. I think a lot of healthy ones are around 200. So not quite that. But like we're getting a lot more of a bit of a our finger on the pulse a little faster. Yeah. So we're able we just to have react way more faster. data. Right? Yeah. Lots of data. But at the and, end of the and obviously past data too. Like hmm? yeah, all the years before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. But I do think the data points are similar. And the mm -hmm. things that alarm us are similar. And so I think there's more commonality than you might think. But I wanted to have you on because I wanted to talk about this. So one of the things, just in full disclosure, you know, Bobby and I talk about our businesses and we talk about, you know, how stuff is going. And yeah. when we were talking about recessions and stuff, Bobby was talking about um, his market, which is the Minnesota kind of St. Paul area. Yeah, Minneapolis Twin Cities as my primary market, although a handful out, you know, out out of state usually each year and stuff like that, but yeah. So, he's talking about that and one of the things that Bobby brought up was like, "Ah, I, like hey, you guys have been talking about this recession and and like I'm feeling it." Right? Yeah. And then Oh and, yeah. And then he started talking to me about how he processes that and how he thinks about it. So, he started um, talking about his perspective. So I wanted you to kind of tell people like, okay, like obviously without giving away things that you don't want to give away, tell, tell everybody a little bit about kind of how you approach 
when things aren't going well, like, and what has caused you to maybe go like, this is alarming, this is not alarming, kind of like that kind of, yeah. you're looking at your season and you're not seeing it fill out exactly the way you want it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, okay, so first and foremost, I think it's important to say, uh, you know, as somebody who's been in the industry for a long time, for 16 years, like, this is not, look, 2023 is shaping up to be maybe a down year, but if nothing else, it's a correction from last year, mm -hmm. right? 2022, I think we can all agree, was a boom year. Uh, we saw a lot of weddings. I did a little more than my average, Um or that what I'm shooting for or whatever. And that came on the heels of, you know, one or two down years, depending on your location and the response to COVID and the way that affected your market. Um, and so 2022, great year. And 2023, you know, maybe, again, maybe it's a down year. Maybe it's an overall down year, but maybe it's just a correction back to the norm and, and we're kind of waiting to see uh, exactly what that looks like. But yeah, I think, you know, as somebody who's been in it for a, for a while, this isn't the first time that we've seen that. I mean, we've seen or I've seen recessions. Um, I've seen down years. I've seen up years. And and that's kind of just the general flow. Um, and I think, yeah, for a business like mine, like I guess what, what I ultimately, if you could take one thing away from this, in my opinion, or at least, you know, from my perspective, it would be like there is a time for panic. Uh, or I, maybe not panic, right? Let's say adjustments. And, yeah, like and some kind of action that you take. Yeah, action, yeah. Um, but I will also say, like, look, if you've only been in this industry a couple years, um, if you haven't lived through an, an up year and a down year and cycles like that, it is a part of the industry. And I, you know, I really try not to get that worked up. Like, <laughs> in the end, for me... Um, it kind of all works out. Like I always say this to, to people and Jay, I've said this to you too. You know, I always use for whatever reason, probably just because it's easy to, I'm like terrible with time, right? So uh, it's easy for me to say, oh, the new year, right? So at the new year, I have literally gone into the new year at different stages of my business. I've gone into the new year fully booked or just about. And that was when I was booking more weddings, like 25, 30, something like that. I've also gone into the new year with literally zero weddings and every year I've ended up around my average at the time. So yes, there's a time for action. Yes. I don't think you should sit back and do nothing always. Right. It's not like that just came to me. It's not like I was like, Oh, let me put this wish out into the sky. I wish for my weddings and they just appear like you have to work and you have to do stuff. But Panic, I think, is an overreaction. Well, and I would say this. There's one bit of data I've been looking at that is um, a little comforting when it comes to all this. And it points towards your point, which is, what, as they say, the, in baseball, right? They say the water yep. always finds its level. Like a, yep. a 300 hitter will probably end up hitting 300, forget about April type of thing. Yeah. I, I think there's, that's not always true. You know, yeah, eventually yeah. someone becomes a crappy player. <laughs> yeah. And and eventually it's like something could happen to your business. But totally. Or I your think, market or something like that. But one thing that you look at is total weddings. Mm -hmm. And everything I've seen in the um, projections is that actually this year they are projecting to have basically a similar amount of total weddings. Okay. And that is indicative to me, and we're seeing it a little on our end, 
because we have so much data that I'm yeah. like, I think people are waiting. And so I think that too. Yes. Like we've we've talked about this, Jay, actually just even this morning. I think we both said like, you know, not that November, December for me is like when I book all my weddings or anything like that, but I had uh, I don't think I booked anything. I might not have even booked anything October, November, or December. And I know I had significantly less inquiries. And then so far, January and the little bit of February that we're into right now, <laughs> I've had a surge of inquiries and a few bookings. And, you know, so I, I would tend to agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I could tell you, like, I, in last December, I sent out 16 contracts. Mm-hmm. That's not how many we booked, but that's how we sent out. This December, I sent out 16 contracts. Mm-hmm. Dude, these, the data is really crazy. Like, I wish I could show people all this stuff, but it's like... <laughs> it's, Take our word for but, it. But this is what I, I'm looking at from a standpoint of, like, when I start getting alarmed are, like, August. Last August, I sent out 31 contracts. Last September, I sent out 22. Last mm-hmm. October, I sent out 34. Now, given, we didn't book all those. But... Yep. But... 20, 22, 18. That was this year. Yeah. So, so I mean, it was down. That, but that being said, last January, and this is to make your greater point, Yep. I sent out 27 contracts. This January, I sent out 22 contracts. Yeah. Last, you know, and so I think it's both and. I think yeah. there is a correction. I think it is down. The question is, is it over? You know, and, and no, I think, I yeah, think, and I, I think, think that's I think, where panic sets in. I think it's one of those things where if you're a filmmaker and you're a business person, and you know, hopefully you're both if you're listening to this, um, <laughs> you got to know how to read your numbers. Yep. And, and I think like numbers are going to, there's like, there's several layers to any kind of funnel. And, yeah. and, and, and like understanding your own click funnel, leads funnel. You know, how leads come yeah, in. whatever that looks like. However yours is structured. Um, there are multiple points of conversion you need to be anal- analyzing, and each of them are going to tell you a different thing about the market and about yourself and about all these things. Like, for instance, we raised our prices a lot. Mm-hmm. We also developed a program called Concierge, which is yep. a direct sales to planners, which is going to decrease your leads. Because those people are emailing you. And they're saying, book me for these dates. We never yeah. fill out the thing. Like, there, it, there, yeah. there's a lot of data that I'm analyzing saying, okay, I'm seeing a downshift. I also changed this about my business. I changed this about my business. And so it really comes down to, have you found this, Bobby, that like, it's more about like learning when to ask questions about your business and about the market and not so much what changes to make. And I think that's a really helpful thing to talk about today is like when you, yeah. with your business and your style, like when do you start to analyze this stuff? At what point are you like, I'm a little worried and I need to look well, at this. Cause I think that's the first step. I think that's the, cause it's like, okay, gather data, right. Which we're getting all the time. Yep. And then when you start to like recognize something, for example, saying, hey, you know, I only have this many weddings booked, which seems a little odd. Let me dive in. And that's when you start to question and you say, well, let me look at what the last few years was and 
let me look at what changes I've made because it, there are a lot of variables. That's really important to remember. And then from those questions is maybe when you potentially take action. Yeah. What, what is the um, cause of the, the problem? Yeah. And, and like, did I do it? And or that can be so many different things. I, I mean, even location is a big part, right? Like I know, you know, from talking to a variety, like there are people who are fully booked, uh, and they're probably in a different market uh, than I am. Like I know my market across the board in most categories is people are you know a little nervous, right? Because it's just less numbers overall. And there could be a variety of things that are at the root of that. But uh, you know, yeah, you don't know. Yeah, there's so many variables. It's really hard to say for anybody else what their what the reasons are behind. What about for you, you, Bobby? Like you were telling yeah. me, like you made some changes or you're considering making changes. Like, mm-hmm. at what point did you like notice? And then at what point did you say like maybe I sh- maybe you haven't made the changes yet? But like, yeah, how did you kind of come to the conclusion that like certain things about what you were doing maybe might be you want, might want to tweak? Yeah, so that process for me looked like, you know, probably fall or so of 2022. So we're talking, I don't know, four or five months ago, something like that. I look at my calendar for 2023 and I say, oh, you know, that's, I've only got, I don't know, four weddings or something like that, right? I'm only around a third booked. Um, And 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 sorry to interrupt, but before that, did you feel like your leads were similar to the past? No. And so this is kind of all combined. So it might've been leads initially that tipped me off, right? Where uh, I mentioned like October, November, December, I don't think I booked anything. And, and the, you know, the, obviously the like first part of that is that I just had way less leads. It wasn't like I had. And that was in the summer of 2022, like you were noticing. uh, Yeah. Maybe late summer into fall. Like, you know, I think for me, especially having done this for so long and kind of having that mindset of like, you know, it kind of all works out. Like I am definitely one to pick up on things and not, you know, I wouldn't say panic, but to definitely get nervous. Like I'm definitely, I like to play things safe. I like to know, like I have this many weddings, you know, um, but at the same time, like I also, I think it maybe can take me longer to react into question because a, let's be real. It's wedding season. Like, yeah, yeah. That's I'm, such a big I'm part packed. Of like I'm not, I'm like, I'm so in the moment. It's really hard to be future oriented in the middle of wedding season. Right. And so I think that's part of it. And then part of it too, is just, again, saying like, Hey, you know, I've lived through the down years too. And uh, you know, I, I assume it'll be all right. So it, it might take me longer to start to really question and, and react to stuff. So the way that worked though, yeah, is, you know, ultimately probably getting less leads. I mean, I know I was getting less leads um, and leads are somewhat seasonal to some extent. Right. Um, but noticing like, man, I've had a really dry spell of leads and in turn a really dry spell of bookings. And then you start to question that and you say, okay, well, you know, is it just a down year? Is it, you know, I, I, I had a, a, a second shooter of mine, um, we were chatting and he was saying, and you know, I've heard this from some other sources too, that you know, with COVID and things shutting down in, in at least some parts of the US, right? It's shutting down entirely. Like Minneapolis was totally locked down. Um, a, it, it really accelerated a lot of relationships, right? You were either like, dude, we are getting married. Or you were like, I actually don't like this person. 
and I don't want to be with them. Yeah, so it brought over. a lot of it brought a lot of relationships to their endpoint, whatever that endpoint is, right? And so and and so for all the ones that broke up, and then all the people who weren't in relationships going into COVID, at least in Minneapolis, right, and plenty of other areas, like people weren't meeting people. No, and so there's they're like a year that, behind like, on exactly. Courtship. There's like this gap year of like people aren't far enough in a relationship to get married or to get engaged in 2022 because they were, you know, only six, eight months out of lockdown. Uh, and that's quick for most people mm -hmm. and had to have enough time to plan a wedding for 2023. And so, you know, there's like that. And so, yeah, so many, so many variables, but what I'm, what I'm kind of getting to now in saying, okay, well, I'm like, you know, maybe around, I'm not quite halfway booked, I think is where I'm at right now. And, um, and I think there's, there's two things. One, it does make me question uh, and say, well, um, you know, my leads have picked up January, February so far, at least, like I've had a lot more leads. Now, granted, I'm definitely getting a handful of unqualified leads still. That's a constant process for me, which is probably a whole other podcast episode. Um, you know, people who I think who are contacting me who have a budget that's a quarter of my starting price. Um, but, you know, it does make me question now because I, I have the leads and I'm still booking less and, I, and I'm getting phone calls, which is my typical kind of workflow. Like, uh, like, like you, you, they're willing to get on the phone with you. After yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm having a meeting with them. And like, to me, again, I feel like I've been doing this long enough. I know it's not like, I don't think it's anything negative with my phone call with them or anything like that. Um, and, and what I think it ultimately is, is have I, cause I, I raised my prices a little bit and I kind of restructured my collections. So did I do that at the wrong time? Right. Or did the market um, just change? Or did the market just change? Or, you know, I've noticed a lot more people doing, you know, wedding filmmaking in my area. I've noticed a lot of kind of changes, I would say, in bottom feeders. It, I mean, I mean, yes, but also no, like more of that, more people bumping their pricing into the high end market. I, I Again, I don't know if they're enforcing that, of course, like, you know. It's, people it's a lot people sometimes say sure, they but... charge more than they actually charge. Is that true, Bobby? <laughs> Guys, you heard it here first. Nobody else will be as real as us to tell you that fact. Um, but anyway, crazy. on that note, I book weddings starting at 40K. Um, and that's nice, all too. that I ever My do. average yeah. wedding sale is 100K, so. Oh, dude, that's so cool. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I made $10 million. Last we have time. a course coming out on how to make $10 million. Join our mastermind. Yeah. And it's a guarantee that we guarantee, guarantee. it. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> I forgot what we were talking about, but, uh, okay. Okay. So yeah. this is what I was going to say, Bobby. I think you hit on a couple things there. One yeah. of them is like noticing, right? Yeah. Like, like you got to know when to know. And I think you got to know what data to look at. You mm -hmm. got to have that intuition. You got, yeah. Cause you gotta, you do. And like, I'm probably a little bit guilty of this. Like I said, I, I'm busy in the wedding season. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to have that intuition and be like, something is a little bit off and I, I need to prepare. Yeah. You got to know when to be at least um, mildly alarmed. And yep. then you got to know what you can control and what you can't. And I think 
let's talk about that for a second. So yeah. there's a bunch of components here when it like when stuff isn't working. What can someone do, right? And what do they need to look at? And, yeah. and so I think first of all, you need to see do I have an established track record? If you mm-hmm. do not, it's gonna be really hard for you to actually evaluate anything. And and I always tell people it's like if you've only been in this if you've been doing this for less than five years, yeah. it's hard for you to really actually say this is how things should be. Like I yeah. think that wedding filmmaking is like a five-year cycle that you're kind of going through. Like every five years, you're kind of having some of the same things repeating. Yeah. You know, and like you'll, you'll, you, in five years, you're good. You are not the problem. You're able to get some contacts yep. and figure out like the business side a little bit if you've made it that far. And then you've also been able to see like some ups and downs in the industry. Totally. And indoor, I mean, quite frankly, literally getting through one presidential election is a major thing. <laughs> it yeah. seriously affects- There's big shifts. Big shifts, like depending on uh, one administration's policies. Like mm-hmm. people, what do they say? Like uh, fear. Well, people just, yeah, people people get- uh, no matter which which way the election ever goes, like FUD, they call it, it FUD, fear, uncertainty, yeah. and doubt in the crypto space, right? It's like yeah, yeah. There's just there's concern. People, if people, half the people say, oh, well, this person got elected, like, oh my gosh, I, the the world is ending, and the other half say the same thing. We need to save money. We need to save. Yeah, we're exactly. Need, we're, we're we're building our bomb shelter. Well, right? and here's an interesting thing, Jay, is that like. You know, we mentioned earlier on in the show, and I'm probably bringing us slightly off topic. I know we were kind of finishing up a thought, but like we mentioned earlier, so we can dive into this later. We mentioned earlier. Somebody like reviewed this and of... said they don't like this about our show, Bobby. So we, well, we won't finish our care. thoughts. I don't care either. So, well, I book weddings for 100K a wedding. Yeah, so and I book them for 10 million. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, we mentioned it is it is relevant. We mentioned earlier that. We have the data to say there's probably the same number of weddings happening, but in a, in a year where people are more afraid, whether that's an election or there's this potential recession coming or whatever, um, if that is true, which I I don't know if it's true, if we're going to have the same number of weddings, but if that is true, I mean, I don't know how anyone could actually know that, but but yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll see in a year, but like, you know, video is lower on the totem pole, right? So that plays a role too, mm-hmm. where you say, hey, our market penetration, how many weddings are, are have a video? How many weddings have a video where they have a... You I know, think a, it's still a, less than 70%. Yeah, and how many of those are somebody who hires video for $600, you know? So... 70%, like, where, I think, are still yeah, like, under 1,500. But like, yeah, so like, where's the where's the number of weddings where somebody has... Let's, let's even go low and call it $2,000 or above. It's, you know, what's that number? It's it's not that. No, it's not much. Big. I mean, if you're looking like last year, I think total, I want to say there was 22 million weddings. Yeah. In, that's that's crazy, crazy, right? So yeah. like, that's like less than, like out of that, 7 million people didn't even have a filmmaker. Yeah. And yeah. out of that, 14 million. And out of the 14 million people, like, what do we say, like, uh, we said 70% of 70%. So what is that? Like 20% have a budget of 2000 or more overall. I don't know. Well, this I is a lot of math for well, a wedding like, film like, podcast. Well, I would say like, I mean, that's, I like math. So out of that, <laughs> I, I think, need spreadsheets. I think, uh, okay. So that would be 9.8 million people booked a film for less than $1,500. 
Yeah. So literally out of that 22 million. It just, it just gets smaller, smaller, smaller. Out of that 22 million, you're talking like five to six million people who are willing to book a, a wedding film at what the price point we would be talking about. Yeah, above 1500 I think. It's what, and like, that's not even really sustainable. So that's, then it's like, then let's call it 4000 and above. Like, it just gets infinitely smaller. And so all that to say is like- 1% of the total the market same, spends money more than $5,000. Yeah. And so even with a, the same amount of weddings, theoretically, even if that is the case, which might not be the case, like- in a year where we say, oh, well, ah, we we maybe need to save a little bit of money on this wedding, uh, video might be one of the first things to go. Well, think of it like out of 100 brides who are reaching out to book a wedding, and I'm not sure if that's a hun- if that number comes from the total amount of weddings booked or out of the people yeah. who book a wedding film. I think yeah. it's out of the people who book a wedding film. And out of the people, out of like the 15 million people who book a wedding film, like that reported what they ca- paid. Mm-hmm such a tiny amount of them are willing to pay. And so you're already dealing with a small segment of society. And every year people are moving in and out of that segment based on what they value. And like, so just understanding that it's volatile and that you can't always do anything about it. And and like, I think that leads to something we were talking about. And then I do want to get into after this, like maybe how to read your data a little better and some of the cool. ways you do it. But I did want to talk about something you said earlier when we were prepping for the show. You were talking about, well, like, basically, like, well, here's the thing. For me, one of the reasons I don't panic is I structure my life in such yep. a way where I'm not going to be taken out and crushed yeah. by the whims and things I can't control, basically. Why don't you talk a little bit I, about that? Yeah, because I think this is one of, the, one of the parts that we, you know, it's like there are a lot of similarities between our businesses, Jay. Um, and there are a lot of sim- similarities even in this, you know, topic or instance or whatever, but there are also definitely differences too. So, you know, overview of my business very quickly. It's just me. I have, you know, I, I outsource some of my editing. I hire second shooters sometimes, but all that is contract stuff. I don't have employees. Um, I don't have teams. I shoot 15 ish weddings a year. I do other, you know, I do commercial work and stuff too here and there, but, um, you know, and a lot of that is intentional over the years, first and foremost, like I was shooting 30 weddings and I just didn't, it look, that's very doable. And I just, I didn't want to do that with my life anymore. I wanted to have more time for myself and that's a personal decision and whatever. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, part of the way that I've structured my business, that's been important to me is also with a boutique business, let's say it was, you know, whatever, like, um, my personal life plays a big role in that. And I, you know, I don't know, live below my means. And like, look, if I have, eventually I could go out of business, right? If I have five years or I don't know what the number is, right? Three years, two years, maybe even. But I will say one year of a down year, even if I book half, even if I don't book any more this year, right? I'm around half my 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 average right now. Um it's not going to shut my doors forever. Right. So I think that's important. And I think there are, there are definitely companies out there. I mean, we're, we're seeing it even in not down years where like the margins are just so slim, uh, a down year would destroy them. I mean, that would be, that would be the end. And so I think that's an important thing to always keep in mind. Um, where like, I don't know, like you, 
I, I think just knowing and living through multiple years and saying like, look, there are going to be years that are slightly lower. There are going to be years with less weddings. There are going to be years where, I don't know, some new technology comes out or some new something where it's like, you're not AI on the forefront. Editing. And yeah, I mean, I don't know, right? Something that makes it better or makes it cheaper or whatever. And, and <laughs> it can impact your business or, you know, I mean, I mean, if you think long-term, you think about how many people were doing wedding films 15 years ago versus how many there are today. Like the barrier to entry is is lower in a lot of ways and people are making great films and great work and there's education available. Uh, shout out wedding film school and, you know, stuff like that. So like uh, there are lots of things that can impact that. So knowing that like, hey, it it's important to be able to survive the, the, the droughts you know you got to know that like a drought is always going to come and that drought might not even be year to year like no, no, i think no. if you do this it could more, be like six more months and more years even. yeah like you're just going to see like for example that's a great way to like there's the macro scale right of year to year whatever but there's the micro scale of saying hey you know for me and this is my business i don't really have income from like you know i don't know probably november december something like that until uh, I don't know, February, March, like I have some retainers coming in. Right. But I do, I do 20% as my retainer. I should probably raise that, but I really like getting paid closer to the time that I'm doing the work. Um, separate discussion probably, but like, you know, outside of, uh, outside of a handful of retainers, I don't really have much income in that time. And, and I plan accordingly. Like that's <laughs> Yeah. And that's really what it is, is like in everything we're talking about is about being intimately equated or acquainted, I should say. Yeah. That's not a word. I guess equated is a word, but it's not the equated, right word. Yeah. Um, intimately um, knowledgeable yeah. about um, your own numbers, yeah. but also your life, right? Yeah. And, and like, like at the end of the day, you know, the, the question is, what do you do, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're seeing this stuff. So I think we can really quickly break this down for people. Let, I think what we should look at is what are the things, like what are the canaries in the coal mine, right, that you should be looking at to know, should I panic? And yeah. by panic, we just mean, should I make a change? Yep. You know, like or you should, should I start to question a change? You should never panic, but you should be flexible and make changes. And the changes you might want to do are looking at your marketing, looking at your website. I think looking at your work is a hard mm-hmm. one to change, but you should do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and most, most of the time it's either going to be like price, looking at your price or, or in packages, maybe how you're offering yep. something, um, or looking at your marketing and how many people are actually figuring who out, who you are. Yeah. Like, and sometimes, you know, like there's a great book I recommend to everyone called the four disciplines of execution. And they talk about this concept of lead measurements versus lag measurements. And they say like, most people spend all their time evaluating lagging measurements, which are things that are results that have already happened, right? Mm. You, you, you can't change them. You, it, you, you just change what you're doing going forward, but you're kind of like you're screwed at that point. Like yeah. there's nothing you can do. It's like sales. Sales is a lagging measurement. Like if you get to sales and you haven't made a sale, it's because something about your presentation, your packaging, it's before your pricing – yeah, those are yeah. lagging measurements. There right? is a hiccup. Referrals are lagging point. measurements, right? You don't know if you did a good enough job to get a referral. 
until you yeah. get one. And if you don't get one, you get no data point. <laughs> so, yeah. but. But it's also a lot easier to measure that stuff. I it is much easier, but the problem with it is you can't influence. Solely depend. Anything. Yeah. You can only look. And so I think I like to look most at lead generation, even though it's technically mm -hmm. a lag measurement, it affects my next few months better than sales. Yep. So I think if you move, the farther up the line you analyze and the more data points you give yourself at the front of your click funnel and your lead funnel, yep. the better. So, so I think let's talk about that a little bit. So when you make a change, I think the first thing you should be looking at is not leads, like people filling your form out, but mm -hmm. looking at um, engagement on various platforms, whether it be on your marketing in general. So are you getting as many clicks as you normally would? Yep. Are you getting as many likes as you normally would? Are you getting as mm -hmm. many shares? Like, like that's a sign of either something changing, like an algorithm. It could yep. be that someone else is coming and taking, like eating your lunch. They're doing a better yep. job than you. Doing a better job. They're yep. drawing more eyes. But like at that point, you're way farther up the chain, right? And you can start evaluating. Do you find with your own business, like, Obviously, you're not like, <laughs> you, marketing is not your favorite. <laughs> that is correct. But, but uh, I also don't need to do as much marketing because I'm, I'm operating on, you know, 15 weddings. Or so. I don't know. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it, marketing is so broad, so that's not really fair to say. But, like, I'm terrible at social media. That is no secret to anybody. I don't post consistently. I, man, I looked at my, my YouTube Cause I'm, I'm, we're redoing the website and whatever my website. And I looked at my YouTube and I was like, you know what? I think from last year in which I did, I think 17 weddings, I'm pretty sure three of those highlights were public. The rest I had just forgotten, moved on. Like I'm shooting myself in the foot. I know. Well, that, no, so. no. Here's the deal. I would say don't do that, but I would say like, yeah, that I would, would also say don't do that. That would be the first thing I would look at. Yeah. Like, like, oh yeah. That's like immediately where I'm like, ah, you know, I'm not booking. It's like, well, I'm probably, I'm not as current in searches for different venues because my videos are private and the ones from there are three years old. And there's new people who are better at social media who are better at posting consistently, who are going to show up more when people search that venue or search, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. whatever. And yeah. yeah. But you know, one interesting thing, Jay, as much as I agree where it's like, Hey, you know, look at your marketing, look at your lead generation look at kind of those front ends of your your click funnel or, or whatever um i i do feel that it's really hard to like i still think tracking leads for example is important well because no no that leads, is the most important but i would yeah, say because for me that's what like when i track leads that's where i'm going to notice the biggest thing and that's where i'm going to go back to the front of that funnel and say well I, what's wrong i would say the most important reason to have consistent marketing is just so you have consistent data it's yeah. not so much about like, like you should do the same thing all the time. Yep. Because the more, if you make constant changes or whatever, you can never attribute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a consistent approach, right? right? So if you just post regularly, then you have another data point, which yep. would be like normally, even if it's small, like if you're like, yep. normally I get 200 yeah, engagements if you post a, month, a, a um, you know, two quick reels. A, a week and then once a month you post a full film and you can look back at a year and you can say, well, why did my engagement drop so much in, you know, 
Yeah, what, like I look at is. we're not amazing at social media for Stop Go Love. Like we we honestly are not. We just hired someone because yeah. it's something that we wanted to do a lot better and we haven't been as good as I want it to be. Yeah. You know, like we regularly get maybe 1400 average mm-hmm. per plays on Instagram per video. You know, Mine like, all over the place. Like that's pretty average for me. Sometimes we'll have yeah. 4000, sometimes we'll have more. Yeah. But in general, you know, and so I know like when something got like 800, I'm like I don't know what happened there. Something yeah, about like that. something there. Something about and that's. I mean, shoot, that's a whole probably podcast. There's something itself, about, but, but I'm measuring at that level. As I'm saying, the yeah. farther up the line you measure, just like with building, right? If you're drawing a plumb line, and, and like the 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 less you'll be off in like six months when like you just did the wrong thing for three straight months. Yeah, you constantly posted content that no one liked. Yeah, you const- and that's not helping you either. No, it's not. That's what I'm saying. It's like that is what you should be measuring. It's like if yeah. not so much. The biggest thing is what has changed, and which mm-hmm. is why it's important to be consistent because you are trying to create a nice delta. Yeah. Like what's the normal for me? And so yeah. start measuring the very front end of your funnel. Has anything changed, better or worse? Mm-hmm. Like if I am normally, if I'm on the knot, am I getting more or less clicks on my profile? Like, don't just look at who filled out your form. Look at profile yeah. clicks, right? Which they will tell you. And, and look at that. Look at your website. Did people go to my site, but not fill my form out? Mm-hmm. All those things. Look at that stuff. I think the next thing you want to start looking at is your leads, right? And if that starts dropping, you've probably already messed up in something in your marketing, or your mm-hmm. website, or your product. But, you know, okay, you look at that, right? For me, I have a number in my mind. If I don't book this many this month, get alarmed. Mm. Like, now, I don't think everyone... And is that a straight-up number for you, Jay, where it's like, if I don't book 20 this month, get alarmed? Or is it a percentage of your uh No, I have a, I have a, a flat number, your, because okay. I need to make a certain amount of money. True. So, so my number is like at least 10. Yeah. I want to book 10 weddings a month. Um, because that's, a, is, is that just a cash flow thing at that point? Yeah. Where you're yeah. just like, I need to cover salaries and whatever. Well, I have like a couple months of ca- of salary, yeah, yeah, but, for sure. but that's because I do that because, yeah. because I have a number that I'm shooting for and we, I adjust it by the way, as we have changed things about our business, but like, you know, yeah. that's just how Which I is do smart. It. But yeah. I do think everyone should have a like, if I don't do X this month, it could be for you. It's, you're, you know, you're not, you might be booking. I would say like most people should be <laughs> alarmed if they're not booking one film a month. Yeah. Now they might book th- or averaging one film a month. is probably the better way to look at it. Um, but you might have more or less, you know, depending mm-hmm. on the, your situation, but just have a number, like a drop dead number that forces you to evaluate. I think yeah. is what I would tell people like for their leads. If you're not sent, maybe contract sent is a better way to do it for some yeah. people. I don't, I don't know, but, but I would just say like having some number with your business that helps tell the story for you. I, it's really well, about like having your numbers and knowing when they're, when are you diverging is really what yeah. I'm saying. 
Yeah, and it, and if you are diverging and you are booking less or, or getting less leads or whatever, like you in turn have less work, and so <laughs> that get, that gets into a time management thing where you should have the time then mm-hmm. to reflect on your business and say, okay, where is my pain point? Like, what am I not getting? Am I not closing? Am I not getting phone call book? You know, am I not getting to the next step step after a lead if that's a phone call or a meeting or whatever? Like, am I not sending the contracts out? Am I not getting the leads? And then that tells you where to look in the process yeah. for what's that pain point? What's sure. that thing that's holding people up? What's that bottleneck in your process? And like, there's a lot of ways to analyze it. It gets complicated. Like you can yep. have a reel that blows up. Like the worst to me is TikTok. People are like, ah, oh, I did this TikTok. I have a million people watched it. I'm like, it's meaningless numbers. I hate TikTok data because it doesn't teach me anything. It, yeah, It's fool's gold because mm-hmm. when you look at the people who liked it, I'm like, that lady's 70. She's not getting married. Yeah. Yeah. And that girl's 10. She's not getting And married. she's 70 and she's on TikTok, which is kind of its own problem. Yes, right? yes. <laughs> so I think like Instagram is a little different. I think yeah. the engagement on Instagram it's is- a little more personal. Or well, a it's more, also- uh, Personal is not the right word. But. Much more, if someone's interacting, they're either like, for me, it's a wedding filmmaker or yeah. a industry person, which I think is meaningful engagements, or yeah. uh, a bride. Yeah. A bride. In, in like, or, or a groom, I guess, but in general, brides. Um, when you look at that kind of stuff, guys, like, you got to know how to, like, read it and when to read it. And I think it's just most people don't know what's normal. The amount of consults I have with people, Bobby, for their yeah. business, where I ask them basic questions. Like mentorship stuff. Yeah, mentorships. And I say, yeah. like, what's normal ever about their business? Oh, um, uh, him and and hawing, and they don't really know. Yeah, they, it's not easy to find. They don't write it down. They don't track it. It's well, like, and so what that ultimately gets to, right, Jay, is a lot of a lot of creatives who might even excel at the creative side, or at least enjoy it more. Who are, whether by choice or by just being dumb or whatever, are basically choosing not to run a business. Exactly. You know, it's really hard to succeed if you can't succeed on the business side. So let's talk about the last thing, which is sales, right? Yeah. When you're, when do you panic with sales, right? For, for like, when, like you yeah. were mentioning some things you were That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm at panic, but I am at questioning, right? Where I say, okay, <laughs> I have, I think, you know, I had, I had down handful of months in leads, Right. So then my question is, okay, well, where's that issue? That's not a sales issue. And now my leads are kind of back. They're stable, maybe up a little. And my sales are, are not, they are up from where they were, but like, they're not reflecting the same. Like if I typically close, I don't know, 10% of my leads or whatever, like I'm not, I'm not at whatever that typical thing is. And so um, then, yeah, I get into questioning right now, which is what I'm, what I'm doing where I say, okay, do, you know, to me, it's probably one of three things that I think has, has has had a change in the last year or two, which is my pricing has increased a little bit. My collections have changed. And that's how I've kind of not raised my rates a significant amount is kind of lowering what's included, especially in the like basic, yeah. like the bottom. There's package. a lot of there's a lot of ways to skin that cat at the end of the day. Yeah, like you can just straight up rate, you know, keep your keep your product the same and raise your rates. And that's totally doable, but um, you can also just lessen your costs, lessen what you're offering, whatever, and give yourself time base rate the same. Yep, exactly. 
Sure. Um, there's value in different areas. So uh, I did mostly the latter. By the way, I would say most people do way too little of that. When the industry talks way too much about raising prices and way yeah. little too little about raising your hourly rate, which is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I do a lot more of that, which is which is what I've done more but, traditionally. But in terms of a data point to an analyze, like that yep. does, if you know that you did that, yep. right? Because I have one part of my, I have um, we have Merriman Films, which offers way less, and it's actually yep. a little less than I think what most on the market are offering for that price. And then mm -hmm. we have Stop Go Love, which I think is standard for that price. Yep. Um, and most people don't know how to analyze what people are reacting to. They're like, "Oh, my prices yeah. are too high," and I'm like, "It's not that your prices are too high; it's that you're offering way less than everyone else at that price, or yep. you're offering it in a non-compelling way. The person doesn't understand what you're selling, like." Don't oversimplify it to just evaluate. Yeah. Like you need to really look at like all the factors that were changed, especially if yeah. you have a track record of success in one area and you're seeing a downturn. What did I actually change about yeah. my packages and my pricing? And I think it can be hard when you make multiple changes. Like I said, I did shift my pricing a little bit. I did change what's available in my collections. And also, you know, to be totally honest, I think my, my films have changed slightly in the last two years. Um, you know, not like exceptionally different, but different. And so it's it's definitely hard to pinpoint exactly where that is, but I think it's an important step to say, okay, well, if my close rate is dropping a few, you know, a few percentage points or something, um, where does that, where does that lie? What's well, the pain point there? This is what I'll say. This will be my soundbite, right? For the for the All right, real. It's the intro. The real is this, which is anytime something changes with your business that you're not happy about, anytime you mm -hmm. see a downturn in something, something that could be alarming, the most important thing to look at is all the things that you changed. Yep. Since things were maybe better. You yeah. know, and of course, all the things that change outside of your control are also important to evaluate. Yep. But most important to evaluate is all the things you changed because exactly. that's something that you could either go back on, go back to what works, like or but change it, it a different direction, or I will find say the like middle ground or something. It takes humility. Yeah, it really does. It takes a person who's like, "Did I get out over my skis a little bit?" Well, and that's like exactly where I'm. I'm at right now is is kind of my question for. I can say, you know, okay. Like, here's, here's what I would say. Here's my plan, right? I've said it before. I can take a down year. I'll survive. And I'll be here next year. Uh, but what, what the question kind of becomes is, if this, if this does turn out to be a down year for me, then my, my process is probably either adding back in some of the things I took out of my collection, because that was one of my changes, or uh, slightly lowering my rate back to where it was. Mm -hmm. And th that's probably one of the two steps or maybe even both or some kind of combo middle ground yep. that I would take. And because, th like you said, those things are in my control. Um, I do like the films I'm making. I don't think I really want to change because I don't think that was a big enough change. And I think it's more of a change that's for me that I notice and I don't think Brad's really noticed. Mm -hmm. um, but those are the things that are in my control. But it is important, I think, like you said, Jay, to acknowledge, too, there are things not in our control. It could be less weddings. It could be way more competition. It could be, you know, hey, you know, here's a thought, right? If you're somebody who gets leads primarily from three planners, if you're like, man, I book out 80% of my weddings with these three planners, and 
two of those planners had a really down year and moved on to something else. Yep. I mean, you're at, you're along that food chain and you get rocked by that, you know? So there are, there's a lot. I think the biggest thing is many people have such a poor understanding of how the industry works and, and they're very focused on being good filmmakers. And I do think that's most important. It is most important. Like first things first, create a good product, you know, get it out there. Right. But long-term sustainability is all about understanding how the industry works. And that is why yep. we wanted to do this podcast and not, not so much because I want to make you rich or teach you how to be good at wedding filmmaking. Um, but I mean, we do want to do those. We do. And I would like to be rich. Like I want you yeah. to make me rich. Sure. That would yeah. be amazing. That being said, I'm not willing to compromise on some principles and the principles are like, tell the truth. Yeah. Be honest oh, yeah, to the sure. audience and always tell them like, not everyone can be successful at yeah. this and not everyone will always be successful. Many of us will have n- years that are worse than other yeah. years. Most people will be gone in five years and they'll be replaced with. I actually think the churn rate is like 85%. Most people who their first year trying to do this are gone. Yeah. Right. And so I think it's important for you to know, first of all, if you made it this far, where you're actually having Congrats. enough problems Woo. that you're able to evaluate this year is down. You yeah. have and you done have the data. Yeah, and you've done something yeah, exactly. really special and like keep doing what you're doing. You're gonna be okay. Don't uh, don't don't panic. Even though we called yeah. this episode when to panic, don't panic. Never panic. That's the actual yeah. answer. Never panic, but do make changes and be humble enough to like know that you actually can be the reason your business isn't doing as well as it Mm -hmm. could be. Um, And like, I always tell people, it's like, would you rather shoot two more weddings to make the amount of money that you want to make, which honestly is not that much more work. Yeah. Or would you rather just not make a living? Like who are you trying to impress with your pricing? Who cares? I think there's been this shift and I know we're kind of at the tail end here and we kind of wrap things up and whatever, but I think there's been this shift in, in a couple of ways. One, I think, and you know, it goes to social media and online communities and, 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 and I'm going to actually take it even further back. I think a long time ago, um, look, running a, running a good business has always been a good decision, but there was a point, uh, in the transition of wedding films where the goal I think was, you know, vendor relations, obviously great, whatever, but like, I want to get eyes on my work, right? There was a shift in what wedding films could look like and what they were. And you could get booked because you were different and you stood out. But nowadays, I don't think there's a lot of standout. I think there's a lot of similarities in wedding films. And I also think with the rise of online communities and whatever, there's a lot of creating to please your fellow creative. Um, and not it's almost like less focus on the business side. I um, think most people just don't have close to enough data off. to tell you what to do. Like yeah. most people don't know what they're talking about. They just give you advice based on what happened to them last year. Like yeah. literally it's Oh the, man, I just, like, I just got into it on some online not like got into it, right? Like it's it literally like but like I'm just like do there's like two guys arguing with me. I'm like, "Are you kidding me right now? Like how how could you even argue the other side of this?" Like 
the way you went about this is so wrong. Like, I'm well, sorry. There are people who like book a $10,000 wedding film one time, tell you how yeah. to book $10,000 wedding films. And it's like, oh, yeah. you did that one time. Like, how yeah. can you advise people on this stuff? Like yeah. anyone who consistently books $10,000 wedding films knows it's freaking hard. Oh yeah. Like, and like, it's not easy. And like, to be honest, like everything about this is hard. Yeah. Like it is a hard business to do well in. It's it's easy to get into and it's easy to make money and like to be honest, it's really easy to make a side gig out of. Yeah. It's really hard to consistently pull in well over six figures. You have to Like think about think about Jay if you have a, a another type of business, right? Let's say you <laughs> you sell I don't know, some dumb product, right? And and Let's you have to mugs yeah, you sell mugs, which is probably a terrible industry to get into. Oh, but... my God. It's, you want to talk about, it's like all the drop <laughs> shipping people. Yeah. But like, okay, you sell mugs, right? What do you have to do? You you make a website. You have to, you know, you bring the mugs in from China or whatever. And you have to market them and people buy them. All and you got to do is get in front them. of people with the design they like and a price. Exactly. And with a wedding filmmaking company, you need to do all the same stuff but you still have this other side of this entire creative endeavor mm -hmm. on top of just running a business. And the production side. It's a side. hard business, yeah. You have to be like a multi-cam production. You yep. have to be like know how to cover a four camera event, three camera event without having interruptions and thinking about how it's gonna cut together while you're shooting it. Yeah. It's really it's hard. It's crazy. It's very so hard. So anyway, let's all sell mugs and yes. Yeah. Why does well, Jared and I were talking the other day and we're like, why do we do this? Like, I'm a smart guy. <laughs> I can make so much more money doing something else other than wedding filming. Because we we're creatives, we enjoy it. It's well, a it's an itch we need to scratch. Well, at the end of the day, too, it's like sometimes you start something and you just it ends up being something. And oh, that's a hundred percent how I got here. I think that's a lot of filmmakers. It's like they're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I could do this thing, and then they have a thing, and then they got to run the thing. And, yeah. and like, I do think like I do love it. Like I love wedding filmmaking, and so I yeah. don't begrudge it at all. I don't view it as a negative. I, you know, I just would want to say to the audience, like, to summarize, um, if you're in a place in your business where there's some uncertainty, there's some doubt, there's some frustration, whether it be you're in that looking ahead, and you're yep. like, my my, you know, my social media is dropping, my whatever my marketing, it's not working my leads are down or you're just like at that sales funnel part and you're like, I'm not making the money. I'm, I'm concerned about that. I mm -hmm. think the more you can evaluate your own part in it, the better. Yep. I think it's also very important to start evaluating the market conditions that you're in, talking totally. to peers in your market, talking to other people who are, you trust, trying to figure out, am I the only one? Um, but then I think at the end of the day, guys, um, I think what's most important is like, you know, I remember a person who was like a mentor to me. They would say, he who spends the most time wins. Mm. They'd always say that. And, and I think there's this like very insidious get rich quick. Bleh. I think there's this very insidious get rich quick kind of mentality that's being pushed on creatives now where the goal is to do as little work as possible. And I, and I think from a profit standpoint, that makes sense. But what that doesn't keep in mind is all that has to happen 
if that's your mentality, is someone else decides not to do that. Your yeah. competitor. Your competitor on the market, you. they go like, oh, I've noticed they're not posting, and I've noticed they're only doing 10 weddings. Mm -hmm. Opportunity. I am coming at you. And they don't know it. Because think about for them, all it takes is for them to take four of those weddings and you're at 60%. Yep. Uh, and like, it just like, at the end of the day, like you got to know that if you keep putting time into your business and you keep, I don't care if you shoot 10 weddings, by the way, yeah. I would say, what else are you doing on that business? Then now that you've freed up so much time to keep your game up. Whether yep. it be or how are you guaranteeing those 10 I'm weddings? Putting my, it's more just, marketing hey, I'm doing 10 weddings and not doing anything else. Yes. Or maybe you don't care. Maybe you're like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm working on my other business. That's yep. great. All that stuff is great. But at the end of the day, like, I think trying to evaluate, like, just don't quit. Don't give up. Don't pump the brakes on your business. Keep pushing. And like, I do believe you'll probably get through it. But I also believe like, if you don't, you might not. Yep. And that's, that's kind of what I would say is like, learn your numbers. Don't give up. Keep working hard. And we'll see you on the other side of 2023. Yeah. I think it's going <laughs> to actually shake out to be a down year, but I do think it's going to be, um, it's going to be okay. I think, I think it's going to be slightly down. I think it's going to, I think it's going to feel down, but ultimately when we get into 2024 and we have the numbers to reflect back on, I think it's going to look more like a market correction. It's going to be like okay. Really and I think 2024 yeah. could be a great year. Yeah. I think it could be a great year. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'll, I'll let you know. I start evaluating that in about June. So I will, I'll, I'll, like if I still Bookmark see, now. Yeah, if I don't your see... Your June podcast coming hot and fresh off the 2024 press. 2024 is screwed will be the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like what? Uh, wedding filmmaking Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jay has peeked out from his editing cave and he saw his shadow. We are in for another bad year of weddings. So, um, hey, hopefully you guys enjoyed that podcast. What's really helpful to us is if you listen to this podcast, tell someone to listen. Um, give it a yes. review. Let people Bring know that it's good content. Um, say something nice. Give it five stars. Really, really helps the show. Um, we're, I, I was like, we're trying to think of something nice to do for people who give us a review. Like, if mm. you give us a review, DM us on Wedding Film School, and we'll send you, I don't know, we'll buy coffee for you or something, or do something nice. I will say that. Send you a cool Wedding Film School mug with slightly wrong coloring. Yes, I am willing to do something nice. So this I'll say. I don't know what we're going to do, but if you leave us a review. But it's going to be nice. It's going to be really, it's going to be <laughs> nice and under $20. Um, yeah. But I will say we, we appreciate it. And if you want to keep, take me up on this offer, reach out on the Wedding Film School Show Instagram. Say, hey, I dropped a review. Here's an image. And we will do something nice for you because it does help us so, so, yeah. so very much. We appreciate it. And show up in the community. We've got our Facebook community uh we've got man we jay we've got like what seventeen thousand members obviously we have our youtube channel show up in comments show up in the discussion we have a lot of great discussion going on especially in that facebook group uh every day and yeah. uh people across the board as far as skill level and experience and uh, a lot of awesome ideas uh having a creative group around you as a creative is incredibly important 
So. Yes. Very diverse community that has True. range of skill level and experience. And so it's not just for people starting out, but I definitely think we want yeah. we want you guys. If you're just starting but out. But it's safe for people on. just starting out. Very safe. Yeah. So come on, join us. Hope you enjoyed that podcast and have a awesome day, everybody. See you later.